Good evening, Bill. Good evening, Stanley. Good evening, listeners, to another episode of the BS Car Guys podcast. We're happy to have you with us for the three most important things in each of our opinions to consider when buying a car. Yep, and seeing how I am on a, on my long-term plan of buying a car, this is very relevant to me right now. I have a, I got a plan, I don't know if we talked about this openly, but, uh, you know, I got a plan to, my wife is about to get a new car at, whenever she makes a decision. It'll come up more further in conversation. You'll see what I, what I, understand, what I mean when I say that. And, um, yeah, it's just, wow. It's and, and I'm always looking for an opportunity to buy a car, so. Yeah, yeah and, you know, if you're a car person, then you are always car shopping. I that's think exactly that's right. That's I think that's ex- yeah, that's exactly right. And hey, listen, of- sp- yeah, speaking of car shopping, so I, I want to plug something right quick okay. or share share some information with our listeners. So um, a couple of weeks ago, um, actually the day after we filmed our last um, episode or recorded our last episode, I say filmed because we're filming, but we just don't have it on YouTube yet. Hang in there, folks. We'll you'll see us soon enough, and then you'll regret having seen us. Um, yep. So the day after we recorded last, um, that weekend, because we re- usually record on Thursdays, um, that next day on Friday, I went on the Overlander Project Spring Expedition to do a little overlanding and camping. I had to ride as a, a driver or a passenger um, since I was uh, um, still – on a light duty chit and not allowed to drive. I'm throwing yeah, out drive again. references there, but yes, that's right. Sing the hallelujah choir. I am allowed to drive again. So I have been driving for a week now and it is glorious. So there's that. We can all rejoice, but anyway, you're healed. You're healed. well, I'm not completely healed, but I'm getting a lot closer. I don't know that I could do a stint in the go-kart, but I've been thinking about it. So, yeah. Let let your daughter drive. Yeah, <laughs> she can't reach the pedals. Um, so anyway, so on that way, on our way for that um, spring expedition, um, which we went from Ashboro to Hickory was our first stop. And between those two places is the town of Statesville, North Carolina. Well, one of the websites that we um, share cars back and forth or when we do the buy, you know, spend fake money car challenges and we look at cars and I love to bring up old cars. One of the websites that I've referenced in the past and shared vehicles from is a, a place in Statesville, a dealership that um, specializes in you know, antique motors or kind of specialty vehicles, which is AP Vintage Motors um, in, located in Statesville, North Carolina. So we stopped in there because it's rare that I'm in Statesville uh, on a weekday during business hours. And so it just so happened that we were there and so we popped in unannounced, didn't have an appointment, but was still fortunate enough to get to spend some time with one of the sales guys, a gentleman named uh, Ray Tortolette. And he spent, you know, five, 10 minutes with us, showing us around the showroom, looking at some cars, um, talking about their process. And that's really what I wanted to share. I thought it was pretty interesting mm-hmm. because right now the vintage car market is is pretty hot. You know, if you look at like bring a trailer, which we share on here a lot or, Mm-hmm. cars and bids, you know, any of those auction sites, those are pretty popular and everybody can kind of wrap their head around how an auction works. But sites like these guys or worldwide vintage motors, you know, these kind of vintage dealerships that are starting to crop up, 
um, they kind of operate a little differently. So the way these guys operate, and I'd always wondered because I'd go on their website, I'd see a car that looked pretty cool, but the day they posted a car, it would already say sale pending. I'm like, how are they selling a car the day they list it? Well, the reality is they actually list it before that. So they use Hmm. like, you contact them and say, I'm looking for, you know, a mid seventies or a seventies model, um, Bronco or a scout, you know, pick a vehicle and a generation of it, or, you know, a first generation Mustang. And they say, okay, we'll put you on our first generation Mustang list. And when we get a a first gen Mustang, um, we'll send out and a blast email that says, we just took in a, a Mustang. This is the specs on it. First come, first serve. So the okay. first person to email or to contact them with a $500 deposit gets that first right of refusal to buy that vehicle. Okay. Which is why it'll pop up as sale pending. But it's always sale pending until the vehicle ships. Until they get money and the vehicle ships, it's listed as sale pending. So... If you're in the market for a used vehicle, whether you're buying from AP Vintage Motors in Statesville, North Carolina, or anybody else that does, you know, vintage vehicle dealership, I would say plan ahead, Mm -hmm. be flexible, because we're going to be talking more about this tonight, so I thought it kind of tied in, but be flexible on what you got to have and what you don't have to have, and really think through that, because with old vehicles, you can't be too super picky, and uh, and hop on a waiting list yes, and then have, and then just have your money sitting there. Um, this is another concept we're going to talk about some tonight. But just you know, be prepared to sit and wait till your vehicle comes along, and then be prepared to jump on it. Okay. So that was yep. it. I just thought that was an interesting process that was new to me. I like how you say statesville. Statesville. I like it. That that that's 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 cool. Hey, so. Like you said, we're going to be talking about buying cars today. And we so we did we chose to not do a um, a challenge this week. However, you know, in in the Stanley uh, way, I cheated a little bit. So I just sent you an email. You should open up that email. So we are not buying these cars. However, you know, we you know we don't always look at the same websites. We don't always uh, watch the same YouTube videos and consume the same kind of media and everything. But you know, we do influence each other. And one of the one of the things that Bills have influenced me with or maybe become addicted to since uh, we've been doing this podcast is this Duncan Imports and Classics. All right. There's two locations, one in one in Virginia, one in Tennessee. And I've been on there this week and I saw a couple things that I had to talk to Bill about. I right. I was on there today looking at some stuff. <laughs> today. Yeah, yeah. I was on there today hoping that I'm I'm telling you, and you know what, it is it's gonna come up in the conversation that we have uh later. But I'll put the these uh three links of these cars that I thought I wanted to talk I wanted to talk to Bill about. And the first one, you see it? Yeah, I'm looking at this nineteen eighty five Chevrolet Chevette C S. So that is the car that I first drove by myself. Little Brown Chevette. Isn't that a song? Prince sang that song, right? Little Brown Chevette. No, he did not sing that song. (laughs) Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he was talking about a Corvette. Did you see how much they want for that car? Well, yeah. But, I mean, do do I need to remind you 
of the key factors here. This is a 1985 faded brown with faded brownish white interior cloth. This is a Chevrolet Chevette CS model with 2,870 original miles on it. That's right. Less than 2,900 miles. This thing is practically brand new. It's probably still riding on the original white walled radials. This is a 1.6 liter gas engine with a three-speed automatic, two doors, a hatchback, and loads and loads of disappointment. Yes, it is. So this is the car, a red one, is the f- car that I first drove by myself or was, I didn't have a license yet, but we you drove. definitely the, drove around seeing a l- little red Chevette. You def- definitely rode around singing Prince and changed the word to Chevette. There's definitely did. no way you didn't. Nope, nope. There's no way. I, I, I'll <laughs> throw a flag. Hip hip hop was just coming out back then, and I was we was into like Big Daddy Kane and things like then, and we so we absolutely blew up the speakers like listening to Big Daddy Kane live. But so I I had to pull that out there because I was surprised at how much that car cost because I'm pretty sure I knew immaculate. It is new that car. I don't know if it cost five thousand dollars, but. <laughs> But now this, like you said, it, it's twenty six hundred miles on it. It's crazy, twenty eight hundred miles on it. It's crazy. And the next one, you see that? Yep. Now I have already seen this one and shared this one with a friend of mine. I think I mentioned it in an episode where we kind of hated on Mustangs a little bit. And I, I said I have a friend who's a big Mustangophile, and he's got a, I think his is an eighty nine or a ninety uh, GT, and. Uh, I sent this one to him. I was like, look, I found you a Mustang, but he, he, he was like, that price is ridiculous. But again, look at the miles. That car. So the car that Bill's talking about is a 1989 Mustang 5.0 GT. If you do not remember this car, if you don't like this car, I don't know if we really can be that friend, the friends. I don't know if we got, everybody wanted this car back then. I, w- I wanted this car. I t- I, when I turned 16, there was a, a a bus driver at our school who had just got divorced, and she got her husband's Mustang and was selling it for cheap. And I really wanted this car. It was this. It was this exact car, but in red. It was just solid red. Oh, I wanted it. So it's a hatchback. It's the one with the little spoil on it. Got the the, the air vents on the side. It this, this is the car. It has. Let me get it right. It has 1,634 original miles on it. Look, this car is... I don't know if this car was this clean, if if any other Ford Mustang was ever this clean. This car is... How do they find these cars? I I don't know. This car is a museum piece. Like, it is unbelievable. It still has the original window sticker on it. It uh, it still ha- it has plastic on the on it. This car is amazing, and if I had twenty six hundred dollars, I'd the, start the that over car, again. You don't have twenty six hundred dollars. Oh my bad. If I had twenty six thousand dollars, I may be convinced to try to talk my wife into let me buy this car. Yeah, but yeah, I said that twenty six thousand dollars. But to me, twenty six grand for this car, I don't think that's a bad price at all. No, I mean, the thing about it is, though, 
1989 Mustang, as cool as they are, as retro cool as they are, like you would be like super cool rolling up to this thing in a members only jacket at a, you know, like a cars and coffee or a, um, a Radwood type event. But with 1600 miles on it, do you really want to be the guy who drives it and puts a rip in the seat and like soils this car and makes it like all the other Mustang GTs out there? Or do you, does somebody that buys this has to have complete like 26,000 investment dollars to buy this thing and continue its preservation? Like that's now, my thing about this vehicle. So what I would do, this obviously would not be a daily driver, but this would be a every Saturday go to cars and coffee driver. And um, I don't know if I would, I, I mean, the car really only had like 200, 225 horsepower. I'm not trying to drag and do nothing crazy in this car, but I, I would put miles on it. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not one, I wouldn't be one of the guys who put it in a garage and wrap it in plastic and, you know, and preserve it, and preserve it for the next 10 years. But I would put miles on it. I would drive that car. I don't know if I could, we actually had this conversation this week with, uh, with somebody else, which, I couldn't be one of them exotic car dudes because I want to drive the car. You know what I mean? I don't want to buy a Ferrari and and look at it for 15 years and just be okay with that, which I don't want to, I don't want a Ferrari at all anyway. But if I had a Ferrari, it would be driven. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I like and respect Jay Leno as a car person so much because he drives everything he owns. You look at somebody like that and you'd be like, why on earth do you have 400 cars? But he drives all of them. Yep. So how it can you fault be, that? It might it might only be two cars a day, and but I'm driving them all. You know what I mean? Driving them all. Driving them all. And, and the last thing before we get into our main topic today is this thing. I already I looked at this one today. So what were you doing in 1995? Um. Well, I wasn't driving yet. I had my permit in 1995. Um. Okay, I wasn't legally driving yet, but I have right. my permit. So in 1995, I was enlisting in the Marine Corps. I was a year out. Yeah. So the car that we're looking at, and I'll put the links in there, is a 1995 Nissan 240SX SE. It with a 2.4 in it. Two, not, two years out. Sorry. Yeah. With a 2.4 in it. Not an exceptional engine to work. The wrong engine that they put in this car to bring to the States. It is the manual. It has a grand total of 590 miles. Yeah, this thing. I mean, it's... I am shocked with less than 600 miles on it. This thing is cherry red, and it is a cherry. It is a... Oh, my goodness. It... And for the and you this car could be yours with for the grand total of thirty nine thousand dollars. Now this car right here, this is the bad thing is. Well, I hope that this doesn't happen to, to this car. Is somebody buys this car because they found one and it wasn't wrecked a hundred times already, and they want to build a drift car and then they tear this car apart. I do, somebody just needs to just drive it once a week. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. Just, yes. And this is a left-hand drive car. I mean, this is not, 
So Duncan Imports has a lot of right-hand drive stuff, but this is a left-hand drive. This is a U.S. market car. Yeah. Oh, speaking of something I saw, uh, well, so I was looking at the the import side of the thing, and there's a Honda Accord in there, right, that is a left-hand drive car, but it's a JDM car. It was special. It was like some anniversary edition car that they built left-hand drive that really? was. Yeah. I, I thought it was weird too. I thought it was weird. Uh, where is it at? I'm gonna look for it real quick. Anyway, is it is it this one? Speak, speaking yeah. of speaking of weird things, so I don't know how often you you visit Bring a Trailer. We're gonna talk about these car things here. We, I don't know why we're going down this rabbit hole, but I don't know how often you it's visit my fault. Bring a. Yeah, it is your fault because I wasn't gonna do any of this stuff, but. If you haven't been to bring a trailer, you've got 11 days or so, 10 days to get over to bring a trailer and just take a look because one of the few, whatever it is, 5, 10, 20, whatever it is they built, one of the 1998 Subaru Impreza 22B STIs, like the legit thing with two doors, and the wing, like all the Colin McRae feels, has come up for sale in the United States. Obviously, it's a show and display only model because it's a 98. And it's not been 25 years. Mm-hmm. But one of these things is for sale. And it is currently $155,555. Chump change. You should go get one. You should go get it. Yeah. You should go get it. I'm telling you. For, again, we go back to that driving the car thing. This is a car that you can only drive 1,500 miles a year because yep. it's the only way you can have it imported into the U.S. under show and display. Yep. And I would drive all. I would drive it all 1,499 miles. I'd do was, that in one day, all on dirt roads. You could you could do that all in one day on dirt roads. I did see a 1970 Volvo on there that was currently at, on auction that I thought that you probably would have been looking at all week. And uh, it, did we already say last thing? Yeah. But, all right, I'm going to say last thing again. Uh, car news. Let's talk about car news a little bit. Hey, so I have you, none. I have none. You have no car news? So I got a little bit of car news. Hey, so did you know that last quarter – that uh, uh, Stellantis, Chrysler, whatever we want to call them, um, they sold a Dodge Dart and a Chrysler 200 brand new last last quarter. How? They were they were like that Mustang we were just talking about, or that Silvia 240 SX. You know, it's, they were just hidden in a back room somewhere with no miles on them. Brand new. The, one of those cars got discontinued six six years ago, and the other car got discontinued uh, four years ago. And I'm like, how are these things just sitting there brand new? And and there are dealerships holding on to Vipers and just waiting to sell them. And I, there are a couple of them came up on Bring a Trailer. I think one was like $126,000, some crazy like that. How, how much do you want to bet the dealership that sold that Dart still managed to talk the person buying it into financing for seventy two months? <laughs> oh, what that comes right back up in next next little bit of car news. I don't know if you read that article. I think it was on Jalopnik about Nissan. All right, so, oh, Nissan. So Nissan. Oh, Nissan. Back, 
doing some devious things, offering incentives to dealers to uh, talk their customers in, what was it, 84-month? 80, or 96-month loan. They are giving $400 or $500 incentives to talk um, uh, customers into getting that loan. Why? How? So, pe- first of all, people should get fired. Second, second of all, that should be illegal. There is no way. Well, look, let me say what. There are two cars I can think of on that lot that are going to last that long. Two of them. Would you would you like to guess? Would you would you do you think any of them gonna show up on uh, last that long? GTR. Nope. The Frontier is gonna <laughs> last that long because <laughs> them things they ain't gonna update it for the next fifteen years. So the one that well, you they just did update them. Yeah. So the, so you ain't due for another update for another fifteen years. And the crazy things about those is you know. Because Nissan got a bad rep because they were doing some stuff that they should have been doing on like the last 10 years. But them things just don't break. No, they don't. They, they, they don't break. And so that'll last. And for some reason, I don't know, I still, actually, I don't know if that, I don't even know if that is, that's going to be one to last. No, no, no. Because I keep seeing uh, old Altimus. Like on a weekly basis, like that's the, because that's the because they gen. sold so many of them. Yeah, no, 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 it's no. just a it's just a a population thing. It's not that they're that good. It's just that there are so many out there they go through. It's like Volkswagen Beetles. You know, you think about in the eighties and early nineties, how many Volkswagen Beetles you saw on the road. It's because they sold like fifty billion of them. So you know, every third person had two of them. So oh. it was hard to get rid of them all. Oh. So I don't think it won't be the Altima, but I might. It might be the Titan. Uh, a Titan might last ten years. Once it, and this is why I'm gonna tell you why. Rear end on a Titan ain't gonna last ten years. Man, you don't buy a Titan to work. <laughs> you, you don't do that. You buy a Titan because you think it looks it looks cool. Which I don't. You can think squat that's the back end on it and put some thirties on it. Don't say things like that. Don't. You just. You just ruined the podcast. We just lost listeners just now. Oh, I think we had already lost them. All right, let's get let's get in and talk about these cars. All right, anyway, uh, yes, yeah. these things to consider. All right, you want to go first? And how this was one of your uh, topic ideas? I don't know. Maybe you should go first. I feel like I I can monopolize sometimes, so I'm trying oh. to be less less monopoly man. Uh, so your wife talked to you, Franklin. Good to go. Always, she always talks to me. All right, so. Um, so the whole she, point was sometimes she says stuff like, You never listen to me. Why can't you hear anything I'm saying? And I was like, That's a weird way to start a conversation. Yeah. It yeah, yeah, yeah. It is there's no way she was saying anything before that that I didn't yeah. hear. And Kendra, I agree with you one hundred percent. All right. Um so so Bill had the idea to talk about the things that we consider the most when we uh, when we are purchasing vehicles or things that a consumer should consider when they're purchasing vehicles. And um, I, I have these in an order, but they don't necessarily really need to go in this order because... Same. Same. Mine are in no order of importance. Yeah. But because, um, like I said, we, us car people, we're car shopping all the time, but 
one of the things that we don't realize, and this is not on our list, is other people have no idea what cars are and what cars can do. All they need, all they know is that the gas pedal is this pedal, the brake pedal is this pedal. They don't know where the turn signals are, and they can put gas in it. They don't know which lane to drive in. Yep, they, they don't understand the rest of that stuff. So we're looking at people, and we're judging them from our knowledge base, and we need to realize that they, they have no knowledge base. None at all. They're none in the all. basement. And so, like I, like I was saying before that, I am on a one-year car buying journey. And I, I'm, this wasn't on my list, but I, I am willing to bet it is on Bill's list. Um, so, and my car buying journey is my wife never picks the car. She has never picked a car since, like, she was in 19, the late, uh, late 90s, right? So no, I said, my wife never picks a car either. So this, the next car that we 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 purchase is her car, and she has to pick it. And I wow. refuse to. I, I, I don't know how I could make that float. I don't think I could make her pick the car. Well, I've somehow talked her into. She tried to get out of it earlier this week, and I said, "Nope, we you're picking it. You got to pick it because you can't blame me this time. Nope, I don't want to. I love I, this theory, right?" <laughs> So, but in her picking, there's it, no way that's going to come back. Of you made me pick, I wasn't ready. This wasn't really what I would have picked, but you made me pick. Yeah. So, so instead of me getting in trouble, I didn't like that color really, or well, I wasn't really looking for this option. Is the whole thing is well, you made me pick too fast, and you you put me in a corner or something like that. It's I'm just opening myself up to other ways that I was wrong, not the usual ways I was wrong. But um, so going through this journey. As much as my wife is married to a car guy, and she's not car illiterate, but she has no all she knows is she wants an SUV. She doesn't know why she a crossover. She doesn't know why she wants a crossover. She don't know what the crossovers are out there. She don't know sizes. She don't know any of this stuff. She knows color, and she knows that some of them have a, um, in her words, a snouted nose. So. And we're going to probably talk about this a few more times within this year of going through that. But the, one of the things that's on my list is one of the things you need to consider the most when you are uh, purchasing a new vehicle is new or used. Mm. All right. So new or used. It's a, it's there, a good one. Yeah. So there is a case for each thing, but they're not always, they're not universal. So Bill probably won't buy another new new car. I'm going to go ahead and say he may buy another new car, but I'm going to yeah, go ahead and say it's iffy. Yeah, but that isn't the market that he's really looking into. But so but something for my wife, um I always am looking for something newer for her and this vehicle that we're going to purchase is going to be new because I need something if it can present no problems that 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 she can't fix without calling somebody. You know what I mean? It, and I feel more secure with her being in, in, in a new car. So there's a business, but there's a business case for buying a new car, and there's a business case for buying a used car. Yeah. And so let's say I'm not I'm not even going to talk about that because that's another one of my daggone points. If you are a person out there who needs the newest technology, who wants the newest technology, and wants the newest safety features, and wants the newest this and blah 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 and all these other things, obviously you're going to lean more towards a new car. 
And if those things don't matter for you, don't matter to you, and uh, then you 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 can come off that new car thing a little bit. But one of the things that I've noticed now, and it's prevalent in this market, in the market currently, is I don't know if people have been paying attention to because I'm I'm pretty sure they haven't been. There's a chip shortage that's cutting production volume down right now. You know what that is making happen? Used car prices going up. Yeah, and it started happening last uh, last year, uh, when when some of the plants closed, but due due to COVID and everything, used car inventories were the only inventories that was on the, on most uh, on a lot of lots. Oh, and yeah. Ford and Ford and Ford and GM did the did these dumb Ford GM and Stellantis did the dumbest thing on the planet, which is you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna stop selling cars. So their whole lot. Is used cars right now, and the the weird thing is about it is they cost as much as a, I can get a new car for that same price. So if you're thinking that there is a real big difference in price between a slightly used car and a brand new car right now, it really isn't as much as you think it is. But you still need to consider your your buy case. I guess your 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 reason for buying. But there's a case to be made versus uh, new versus used. And when you're buying, when you're considering buying a car, then you kind of need to you need to look down both of those paths. Can just depending on what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. And I think that brings me into. I could use that to slide into my first point. Mm-hmm. Because the new versus used um, case to be built kind of falls into some of what my first point was, and that's the use case of the vehicle. So uh, is is this a daily commuter? Is this a camping vehicle? Is this a utility vehicle? Is this a soccer transport vehicle? And, and a lot of times, if you can evaluate what it is you're going to use this vehicle for, that may help you determine, too, you know, h- how new does it need to be in cool. order to do these things? Or if it's I'm, I want something that I can put a lift on and go off road and in the mud with, then you really need to think I don't need to spend $60,000 on a new Jeep Wrangler because I'm going to scratch it up. I should buy a $20,000 really used Jeep Wrangler. You know, so yep. the use case can a lot of times dictate the the age of the vehicle, what it needs to be, because mm-hmm. things that to me fall under that category are obviously what do I need it to do? Is Correct. it go get groceries? Is it take the kids to school? What, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But also in that same mindset is how long do I plan to own this vehicle and how many miles do I plan to put on it? Because that also comes into the use case. If this is a, a com- you're doing a commute every day that's 60 miles one way, that's a mm-hmm. lot of mileage in a year. If you're also then using that vehicle for, you know, non-work commute purposes of going to the store or taking the kids to practice or shopping or road trips or, you know, whatever it is that your life entails, it's going to rack up the miles. Yep. So is buying a brand new vehicle like and putting all those miles on a new vehicle and then not getting as much back out of it when you go to get rid of it. Maybe if you buy a year or two old vehicle, 
you put all those miles on it. It was already used. It's still more used. You're not in it for quite as much unless like Stanley says, where, you know, the, the used market is booming and the prices are just about even, but you know, all that kind of plays in because also you can consider if you're going to put a lot of miles on it, okay, the warranty's good, but you're going to burn through your warranty in the first year and a half, mm. you know? So all that stuff, stuff to consider. Um, and then again, how long do you typically own that vehicle for, or, you know, own a vehicle for how long do you plan to own this? If you're, let's see if I can find a way to put this delicately. If you're in your early to mid twenties and you're mm-hmm. in a quasi serious relationship that looks like it may lead to marriage, don't finance a Miata for 72 months because <laughs> you're going to have kids before that thing's paid for. Or better yet, uh, don't finance anything for 72 months. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, I mean, what I'm saying is think about your length, length of ownership and yeah. what your life might look like because it's going to be important. It's a big investment. It yep. potentially could be a very big investment if you're looking at like a, you know, an Escalade or a Super Duty or something. But think about how long you're going to own that thing for and what might come up in your life during that time period because the last thing you want to do, and, and you know, we, we have a lot of listeners that are military people. The last thing you want to do is buy a giant Escalade or a Tahoe, and then all of a sudden you get duty stations sent to somewhere where parking is, a, you know, an absolute nightmare and the spaces are so small you can't, your, your spouse or you can't even park the thing and get out of it. Or you um, have to leave it behind because, you know, you can't take it with you. Right, right. So all that stuff is stuff to consider. Um, It may mean delaying some gratification and getting what you dream about having, but there's a big difference between what you dream about owning and what you actually need a vehicle to do for you in life. Correct. And I I will wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. Uh, um, Use case is, is one of my bigger things. And I have it on my list. I have it on my list. I just kind of called it something. Uh, I just kind of got it down here. Uh, function first, right? Right. Uh, um, most people buy cars because of their, or, or they like a lot of cars because of the way they look on the in, outside. Well, I'm. A, I'm gonna I, go ahead and tell you the way a car looks on the outside is not gonna be on mine or Stanley's list of these three things. I, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, cars out there's some pretty cars out there. Oh it yeah. Is, However, that ain't why I'm buying it. <laughs> no, and it should never be why you're buying it. Um, unless, and be honest, though, there's a there, you could probably make a case for that. If you have some disposable income and you well, just yes. want, then yeah, yes. that's yes. That's if different. it's fifth car, fourth car, or yeah. beyond, yeah, you can buy cars based on how they look. If you've got the money that you have four or five vehicles, okay, cool, buy it because you like the way it looks. That's but if you're a one or, or two, five vehicles. I do not. But if you're a one or two car family, yeah, you don't, need don't yeah, don't buy a car based on how it looks. Yeah, it will never work out. I wouldn't great. say four. I wouldn't say four or five cars like Bill. I would say that third car, like if your wife has her the, the SUV that they do a thing in, and you have your truck or your SUV or whatever you're driving, and they both fit the function, and you can navigate life with them two vehicles. And you just have enough money to go get a fun car. Yeah, go get a fun car. Go do it. 
Matter of fact, uh, the guy who we we're talking about um, uh, a few weeks ago, that is the position that they're in. They I'm can talking. do, yeah. yeah, they can do everything that they need to do in either vehicle that they currently own, but they're missing a driving experience. So they're looking for a fun car. That makes sense. And then the, the, on, on top of that, they're looking for a fun car that specifically that they can put their two younger children in the back if they wanted to. Right. You know. So yeah. Speaking of which, I think he's settling on the M2 for for the record. Nice. <laughs> Uh, That's but, a good choice. I like it. And he wants um, me to buy a matching one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you explain the plan to him? I explained the plan to him. He, you know, similar to you, I say the thing, he doesn't listen. He brings it back up. <laughs> what would you say? Um, all right. What's what's your second point? Or did uh, I hit your second point? You hit it, and but I kind of go in a little bit in, in, in a little bit of a kind of slightly different direction, but kind of slightly direction. So function it, for me comes first. It has to have the the it has to fit the use case, like Bill was saying. Um, so, but I to kind of expand on the use case. One of the one of the things that uh, in my wife's new vehicle that she's going to have is safety features and things like that. I can be overprotective. I've been accused of these things. I I, I resemble that comment a lot. So. The vehicle that she is going to have, it is going to have all the safety tech. It is going to be a relatively safe, secure vehicle. That is the way I've always kind of operated, that my family always had a newer vehicle, and I could drive a 15, 20-year-old piece of track as long as we had one stable vehicle in the thing, right? So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose a question here. Go ahead. Because you're kind of tipping into my third point, but I, I oh, will say this. there's going to be a lot of overlap. Yeah, I will say this, though. I'm going to ask you a question. Is what you're describing function or is it option? Because I hear you saying things that to me sound more like option than function, unless the function of your vehicle is a crash test. All right, so... This is why I say function. So, I currently I I I currently own three mid teens, uh, not mid twenty to early twenty children, former children, right? You own them? Yeah, I own them. Yeah, I I made them. <laughs> I produced them. With them. I, I won't tell them. I, I promise. Oh, I tell them all the time. I I, can, I created you. <laughs> let's let's not get this. Let's not get well, this. Back. I mean. Listen, anybody who served with Stanley has heard the I'll choke the life out of you statement. So we understand how Stanley's ownership. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get destructive permission, not permissions. Uh, I have uh, creation. Yeah, tendency. I have I have the ability to create and destroy as I see. I, I created the thing so I can destroy <laughs> it. It's, I mean, why shouldn't somebody have a problem with that? I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, I. I built, yeah. Anyway, but so I I have a few of these things running around, and um. So and and let me just tell you, if if you have never worked with Stanley, just as an insight into how true his statement is, if if he trains you in a task, he now owns you, like to the point yeah. of if yeah. you laugh at him during a serious time. 
like a morning formation, he will destroy you. I don't do things like that no more. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's because you're retired. But you still have that level of ownership of anyone oh, I, under your charge at any moment. If if they fail to live to that expectation. See, that's one of the things about being a parent, though. Because uh-huh. once you once you start parenting, you parent everybody around you. <laughs> and then or like being a big brother. It's like once you're an older brother and you had the responsibility of being the older sibling, you kind of know that, hey, y'all got to get this right because y'all, I'm not getting this butt whooping. You know? Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but so and I brought all that up is because my son was in a recent, uh, in, a, in a car accident where well, he totaled his first car, his car. And uh, a car accident? He was in, all right. He was in a, he was in one car accident in which a car got totaled. Okay. One. All right, one. I love the specificity. Listeners, imply what you need about the missing context. And then I also work around a lot of young kids. Uh, when I say young kids, early to late late teens, early twenties, and I see what these people do with their cars. And so, what you think is an option, I think emergency braking is a necessity. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got you. Yeah, no, I got you. Because in our reality, the car that my son has right now, if he would have been driving that car that night, he would not have gotten a wreck. You know right, I mean? right, right, right. No, I, I totally get what you're saying. So, and I mean, I'm not saying that my wife can't drive or nothing like that. I think she's an excellent driver, and I'm not even trying to be funny about that. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there that just, they think they own the road. They think where they need to go is more important where, than where everybody else needs to go. And I want my family to kind of have that extra layer of cu- of, of of cushion that if she doesn't see the, the special person, the special driver, come and want to do because the, the front is lifted up, then the car can maybe try to help save her from getting randed over. You know what I mean? Right, just, right. Just try. But – uh. Is it so? I, I I do kind of view some of those things as, as necessities. Do you need auto? Do you have to have auto dimming headlights? No, stop being lazy. Do you need, do you have do you have to have a a, a a suspension that automatically adjusts reads the road in front of you? No, that, that's not a safety feature. But emergency braking and um. Uh, uh, so alerting, uh, alerting people to something in your blind spot because you didn't see the person driving up 180 miles per hour behind you and stuff like that. I kind of see those as I, I like those 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 features that you know what I mean. And then what, it, which is kind of not what I meant to talk about initially, but uh, and I see the face you're making. But anyway, uh. Another thing that we kind of got used to, we've got used to, we've got used to some of the tech features. The, the car that we currently have has Android Auto, or Apple CarPlay, and a couple other little things. And um, if you are married to somebody, or even you, once you kind of get used to something, when that feature, when that thing is missing, it almost feels like it, it. It it feels like that. It feels like something is missing out of the out of the vehicle. You know what I mean? So if the next vehicle that we buy, we'll have heated seats, heated seats in the heated stand wheel. Want to say why? Because even though it only gets cold like ten days a year in South Carolina, you know what my <laughs> hands don't get? 
cold. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So, so this this brings me to my what was listed as my third point, but I think it's the perfect tie-in because it was what options do you need slash what options do you want? Yeah, because that's and what, that's and you need list. to make a need wants category or list or whatever, but. And that sounds like a really simple statement. It's not. However, this requires you to educate yourself about the vehicles you're looking at. Absolutely. You, with the amount of tech that is available on most new cars today, Mm -hmm. if, if you don't spend a minimum amount of time on that car company's website, learning what those options are and how they affect your experience in the vehicle you're throwing money away. Like I've, I'm always amazed if I get in somebody's vehicle and their vehicle has the ability to just push a button and you tell it what you want it to do with the heating and air or the stereo or whatever. And they're like, Oh yeah, I never set that up. Why? 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 If you're going to spend $70,000 on a vehicle that has a $12,000 option for the entertainment system, learn how to use the stinking thing. Yep. Uh, They're starving kids in Africa. (laughs) I think I've told the story on here about this lady who I saw, uh, who I used to see all the time when I dropped my kids off to school. She was driving a relatively new XC90. And the reason how I know it was relatively new is because that car was kind of new at the time. So she was driving a luxury crossover that I knew had features in it. Features uh, as exclusive as Bluetooth. That's how Bluetooth. technologically advanced yeah. we're talking. Yeah. And every day I saw her in the drop-off line with her phone glued to her face. And every day I wanted to get out of my car and go knock on her window. It's like, would you like me to pair your phone to your car? Because obviously you ain't figured out how to do that. You know what I mean? No, that's the kind of person that when you said that, they'd have been like, well, I don't really like pairs. And if you attach my phone to my car permanently, I will need it when I get out of the car again. So I need to be able to put it back in my purse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. special. But it kind of it kind of highlights what you were saying is people buy options that they don't want. They never want it. They sounded good, but they don't need. They don't use. And what's the point of doing that? You know yes. What I mean? Yes. And so I tied this in. I almost could have been like a separate point. But because I like to try to cheat, I kind of tied this into the options you want slash need. Because to me, options include things like um, a, a particular appearance package or sports package or off-road package on the vehicle or mm-hmm. a, a color of the vehicle. Um, you know, little detail things about the vehicle um, kind of fall under options because options don't just mean leather or cloth or steelies or rims or you know that it can be a lot of things Um, i mean you get most car dealers or most car companies now if you go to their building price configurators you can you can choose summer tires all season tires or all-terrain tires or highway you know unless it's a an ev you've got some choices even on the tire you get from the manufacturer. So it's important to know what your options are, but it's, it's equally important to make a decision about what you can, what you're willing to 
give up to get the car you want. Because you know, I mentioned before on here about how many people go to a dealership and they leave with a different model car than they went to look at, mm-hmm. or they leave with an entirely different brand car if it's a used car dealer than what they originally went wanting to buy. Because yeah, but- the the impulse to buy that moment and not have to start over with another salesperson is so like ingrained yeah. in them that I went to the dealership, I had to leave with something. No, yeah. you don't have to leave with nothing. Yeah. You want to go 200 times in a month. Yeah. You're right. Like just that, that, that actually wasn't on my list, but it bring, brings up a good point is it, this should be at, at higher. And I'm kind of surprised I didn't think about, uh, think of the speak about this is they, there is another one. There's always another one. There is another cherry red Honda Civic 10 miles down the road. Yes. And if that guy that you or girl who you're talking to, salesperson who you're talking to, does not want to do the thing that you want to do, go somewhere walk else. Away. Walk away. Walk away. Walk away. <laughs> Just like They're... TVs and Best Buy. You know, That's right. If, if Best Buy got the best deal, or 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 Amazon or the or PXO, Costco, yeah, or whoever, go buy that same TV somewhere else or make them match it if you just don't want to go nowhere. Yes, it, yes, yeah, or it, or be prepared to wait. Yeah, oh, which is something that I absolutely knew you were going to bring up, so I left it off my list. Yeah, so <laughs> I, so I I'll say this little piece of part about it because I know this is what a bills thing, I. Don't be in so much of a rush that you put yourself in a bad spot. Exactly. Just just don't do it to yourself. Don't walk this, into a dealership on your with the cars like, hey, it just broke down. I was trying to wait and I got to get something today because all you're doing is putting yourself in a bad spot. Yeah, so. <laughs> you, you are making yourself the victim. Whether you realize it or not, you are like, you're, you're walking into the dealership with your pants around your ankles. Yep. Like you have no ground to stand on. Yep. And, you know, look, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll try not to get too in the weeds details on this, but we had a, I think it was a 2012 or 13, it may have been a 12, 2012 Ford Focus hatchback. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty standard. It was like their SEL, or I forget what trim package it was. It was, a, it was a fairly standard trim package. Now, when we bought it, it was a like um, dealer lot car. You know, it had some miles on it, but it you know it wasn't brand new. But it also hadn't been owned by anybody other than dealership. Uh-huh. Um, so one of the contingencies I placed on them to buy that car was once we had worked out all the pricing and we had negotiated where everything was going to be, I said, okay, now put leather seats in it. The only way I'm taking this car that's been sat in and in and out of by anywhere between four and 4,000 people is if you put leather seats in it. And they did because they had already done all the paperwork and I hadn't signed anything and it was going to be a pain in the neck to start over. It was cheaper and easier for them to put the leather in it. Now, we had that car, worked pretty good for us, but, but then the Jeep Renegade came along. And I know you, the Renegade, you know, it's not big, it's not flashy, it's not fancy, it's not expensive. Yes, I liked it, that little thing. I don't care what you say about it. Right, and, and I liked it too. I was pretty excited about it. Again, we weren't thinking we were ever going to have kids, 
So it was going to be good for the two of us to go camping out of and cross country road trip it and, you know, have fun with it. So I decided I wanted this thing. So I, I took my focus, I shopped it around, I got some quotes on what it was worth. And again, it's easy to do that. If you own the car and you've got the title in your hand, people are willing to give you prices at dealerships. I found the best price I could get. Then I started shopping for the Renegade, which wasn't out yet. No, Nobody had them on the lots, which you know, I may or may not recommend buying a car that's not actually on sale yet, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yep. I found a dealership that was you know, 45, 50 miles away. So it was a little bit of a haul, but they were willing basically because of lack of understanding about a vehicle that wasn't out yet and they hadn't really ran their numbers. They discounted it pretty heavily to beat everybody else. So I said, well, here's the deal. I'll come in, I'll put a deposit down, you know, a sizable deposit and I'll buy this thing, but you got to buy my car. I don't need it anymore. I don't have to keep it until the Jeep comes in. I just sell you my focus. Yep. And they said, well, well, we don't, we don't really want to do a trade on a vehicle that we're ordering. And I said, well, then I just really want to buy from somebody else. Well, guess what? They bought, they bought my focus and they bought it for more than the best offer I had gotten. And then I got the renegade for far less than anybody else was willing to discount it because it wasn't even out yet, but I had to order it. But that meant ordering every option I wanted and not a single one I didn't. Yep, you waited for that, I remember. <laughs> and so I had to wait like three and a half months for that thing to be built and come in. But I got the vehicle I wanted in the color I wanted with the options I wanted and no extra options. And we were very happy with it. And and my wife would still be driving it, but I, I couldn't stand packing for three people in it. It was just crazy. It was too small. Yeah, I drove one of them things to Missouri and I thought it was cool because it was just me and my wife in it. But any more people besides that? Nah. But I can see, like, my daughter, like, uh, you know, my daughter has a Jeep thing. I actually, you know what? I'm not going to say that. Nope. Not going to say that. Anyway, you need to, you need no, to not, say it. You no, need to say it. You no, need no. to say it. Nope. Okay. So, so my last thing that I was going to talk about, I think it was, I think this may be my last thing I was going to talk about, was price. All right, cool. So, price. So, Bill, we kind of skated around this and moved around this a little bit and everything. All right. So, you need to know what your budget is. Absolutely. Let's, just because you can pay a car payment does not mean you can afford that car. That's <laughs> correct. That's correct. You Yes. You, car payment is not the price of a vehicle. Yeah. That is how so we we kind of started this and we was talking about how Nissan was trying to get the people about getting an 84-month uh, lease and 96-month lease. I'm going I'm to go ahead. I'm going to tell you a thing that... I don't know for a fact it's true, but I know for you a fact it's true. You get a ninety-four month loan or a ninety-six month loan for a Nissan Altima. You just bought a Porsche. Yeah, yeah, you did. I'm a, that wasn't the point. The thing I was gonna say, but I'm gonna say this right here. Just, ev- just every time you see a Chevy Tahoe or a Ford Explorer, yep, or whatever big SUV. And you oh, see all right. these, you see all these people riding around in them, and all this everything is like, well, I think I need to go get one of these things too. I just want you to understand this. Lord, here comes. Most of those people, that car payment is more than your rent. Amen. That is a 
do the simple math. Stanley's taking you out of church. Do $75,000 divided by how, just do by 60 months, add 10% because I know y'all don't got, I know some people don't got good credit. So 10% every year on top of that. Tell me what it come out there. Tell me if you can convince me that that ain't at least $1,200 a month and then you didn't even get the insurance yet and then you didn't put gas in it yet. You can't afford that. No, or the $120 oil changes. $120 oil changes. My sister, I love or, my sister. Or the $1,600 sets of tires. Yep, yep. Or the differential daggone change because you didn't even know it had a differential that needed to, needed maintenance and stuff on it. Don't do it to yourself. Know your budget. Know what you're getting into. Get on a forum. Figure out what breaks. Look, they, get on Edmonds or KBB or one of them sites. Look at consumer how much it costs. Consumer Reports. How much it costs to actually own this vehicle over time? What? How much the maintenance is going to cost? They got really good calculators out there about yes. how much things are going to cost. In fact, you could probably <laughs> just type in the name of the car you're interested in Google. Or if you're lazy and have a government eavesdropping machine in your house, you could just say, hey, government eavesdrop machine, what's the cost of ownership of a Nissan Maxima? And it will tell you because yes. they're wiretapping your house through your Echo Dot. So you just ask your <laughs> wiretap, excuse me, wiretap, how much does it cost to own a Chevy Tahoe? And it'll yeah. tell you what the cost of ownership is. Yeah. And I guarantee you it's a much bigger number than that car payment. All right. So, and then there's this, uh, there's this thing that especially happened towards military people. And uh, the reason why, well, I can't say it is a military specific issue, but <clears throat> that's the life I live. So that's where I was at. It cost at, um, I'm going to go ahead and say it, at $3.50 a gallon. Four dollars a gallon costs a hundred and fifty dollars hundred to fill up F one fifty. I don't know if y'all know that. I'm just going to tell you. It cost me it, right now to fill my truck up is is around sixty dollars for yep. my F one fifty. And gas prices are still historically low. I know there are people out there complaining about gas is going up. And go to go to Europe, go to Japan, go to another country, and see how much gas costs. That's right. Gas is and they're three, buying it by the liter. Liter. Gas is four dollars a liter in Japan. Stop complaining that it's two dollars and fifty cents a gallon. Just, just, you know what I mean? Yes. And then and then on top of that, consider that when you're going to buy a vehicle. Because gas prices are always gonna fluctuate. There's it's what it does. It's, you know, right. it's been do it's been doing that for as long as I've been alive. So don't be surprised when gallon when when later this year or next year, gas is $3.50 a gallon again, because it's going to happen. <laughs> Listen, it's important. It's important that, that you do what Stanley's saying though, because if you do that along with, let's say the, the first one we talked about, about a use case for a vehicle and what you're going to do with it. If you compare those two things together, you may find some interesting data. So I'll use an example. Our friend Lucas who again is not a huge car guy, but he but he's a very smart guy. So hey, Lucas, yes, right. He doesn't listen to us. We're too stupid. So <laughs> he doesn't like cars enough to listen to us as long as we talk. But well, he likes us. Yeah, he likes us, but he doesn't like cars that much. Okay, so 
when a few years ago, he bought, he bought a truck and he knew he was going to buy a truck and he still drives a truck. Um, but he, he's a, he owns a vehicle for a pretty good long time. He's not a trade often person. So when he was looking to get rid of his high school car in yeah, 2000, he, yeah, he kept it that long. Yeah. In, in 2006, he, he went to go look at a Toyota Tacoma and he did these things. So he, he looked at what he was going to use the vehicle for. And he was doing a lot of work and needed a bit of a truck. And he was also driving a fair amount and he still drives a lot, um, like all over the country. And he, he looked at the use case for the vehicle and he looked at the price of the vehicle and the cost of ownership of the vehicle. And then he also looked at a Toyota Tundra and the cost of ownership of that vehicle and the use case of that vehicle. And between a drop in insurance, more capability, um, less gas. The 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 Tundra with a bigger engine and a bigger truck, even though it used more gas, wound up being the better cost per year of ownership vehicle for him because he wasn't going to have to work it as hard. Because yep. it would be working, you know, it'd be a less load on it to carry around a bunch of tools in the back and ladders and shingles and stuff. And he wasn't going to, so it wasn't going to work as hard. The fuel mileage difference was almost negligible in stock form because mm-hmm. a bigger engine just doesn't have to work as hard. Correct. Um, and, and the insurance was cheaper. And then at that time, the small truck market because of gas prices was blown out and you couldn't get them on a lot, mm-hmm. but they had tons of full size trucks sitting there. So guess what? They discounted the snot out of the full size truck and they had no rebates or discounts available on the mid size trucks. So he wound up getting a lot more truck for fractionally more money on the offset or the, you know, my onset, but over the life of the vehicle, it made more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I and it's like around about the time that he was buying the trucks, it wasn't even that many compact trucks left on the market, you know. Right. <laughs> right. You know, well, not especially not good ones, but uh, yeah. I mean, if you in that case, that V eight is going to like what B- Bill is saying, it is going to be more durable because it it just it has to work less. Uh, uh, it has to work less. You know what I mean? Right. Just, and and, and like I know that's you, a lot of detail about truck, but my point is, if you can apply that lo- logic mm-hmm. to the entire process for whatever the vehicle is you're looking for, you may find some surprises that you hadn't thought about, or you may find that the vehicle that you thought was out of your reach actually makes more sense, or you might get a wake-up call that says the vehicle you really think you want isn't at all what you need and you would regret and like emotionally regret and fiscally regret that decision, you know, in the short term, um, if you made it. So, I mean, I I just think it's important to weigh all that stuff together. So my third and final point, and I'll get your feedback on this is again, this is another research topic. How reputable is the car company? Mm-hmm. And and what that encompasses is service, 
warranty, dealership. So what's the service department like at the place you're looking at buying from? Talk to some people that bought from there, you know, find out. Like, do these folks rip people off? Do they make more problems than they fix? Um, What's the car company's warranty like? Is it a good powertrain warranty? Is it a bumper-to-bumper warranty? How long does it last? How many miles does it last? Because that always gets used up before the year date, unless you're 85 and you're only going to Kanaska or Bingo. Unless you're that that person who had that Mustang or that Chevette or that (laughs) that Uh, 240. Yeah, Yeah. those were fifth or sixth cars. They just sat. So, and And then the dealership itself, like, not just like, is it clean? Are the people nice? Who cares, right? I mean, that's yeah. not as big. How close is it to you? Is yeah. that going to be where you take the car back to for oil changes and tire rotations? And, yeah. you know, is it going to be a hardship to have to go to that dealership all the time? Um, just the company yeah. itself, you know, is it, are they struggling financially? Are there yeah. major recalls they've been dealing with? Are they in the middle of a giant diesel scandal that's trillions of dollars? I mean, I'm yeah. just making stuff up here, but. No, no, no you, you know, you're just pulling that stuff out the air, you know. But yeah, I remember when, when we bought the uh, like the car that I currently drive on a daily basis, which is a 2017 Kia Optimal, right? Um, I, yes, I would, I would, I would go, I would lean towards the Honda Accord and the Toyota Camry, similar cars in that vein, have a better uh, reputation, right? From f- f- longevity and stuff. But I also know what that company, I also know follow company news. And I know for a fact that if a company tell you tells you that they're going to warranty a thing for 10 years and 100,000 miles, they're going to try to make sure they don't have to fix it. And that about a time. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? <laughs> so I was like, okay, if you're going to put your money where your mouth is, I'm going to consider uh, your vehicle. And this was the second of the key of the uh, Hyundai Automotive Group uh, products that I bought. And so I did that when I first bought my 09 uh, Hyundai Sonata. And I liked that car. So I went back. But the thing I hated was, uh, I hated about all that was, is, Dealerships, make dealership maintenance departments. Yep. So, I knew going into going into that deal, kind of like what Bill was saying was, "Hey, I'm not gonna go to this Kia dealership to get my maintenance done. I'm gonna go to this this deal, this place over here that is a reputable um, uh, have reputable cares have a reputation. They can do all the things that that dealer can do." with the exception of uh, recall things. Right. And I am never going to that Kia dealership. And I'm not going to pay, because I had to. Go, we had to go back because we thought it was a warranty issue. They wanted to charge $360-something, I believe, to put a new battery in the car. Yeah, no. Three hundred and sixty something dollars to put a new battery. You know how much that battery costs at AutoZone? A hundred and ten dollars, and that dude will put it in there for you. Did you no. know that? And that's the those are the little things that because those are the little things that the, some some 
uh, maintenance departments will, uh, uh, will try to get you for. They'll they'll say, oh yeah, you got to come back and get an oil change in three thousand miles. I'm going to tell you a rule, uh, a thing right now. If you bought a car in the last five years, your car it does not get an oil change in change every three thousand miles. That is twenty years ago stuff. Yep. <laughs> yep. My car, the, the service intervals on my car right now is seventy five hundred miles. Yeah, but that's. They'll tell you that you got to come in there and get your oil change every three thousand miles because they're gonna make that's, money off that. That's this for is, people like me. Yeah, just they drive don't do old stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta drive stuff as old as people. I'm gonna tell you a secret. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a secret. And you can do it yourself. If the if the car's twenty five years old, it burns enough oil that as you continuously put in, yeah, it's always got new oil in there. So you don't even have to change the oil. It just—it's a cycle of life. It's you know you're good. Yeah. Or you can do like uh, remember Stash Up and Neil back in the day. Not retired. I think he. I think he retired as mess art. You can just buy one of them old like uh, old Toyota Tacomas back. It wasn't even Tacoma back then, was it? Um. Yeah, I think it was still a Tacoma. Yeah. What? What? And just just don't put nothing in it. Just let it keep running. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gunny Mac. I don't think he ever changed the oil of that thing. And he was like, I ain't did it in so long that if I do it now, it's definitely going to break. It's going to fall apart. So I'm just going right, to right. keep right. <laughs> but yeah, what Bill was saying is, hey, kind of understand what you're getting. All this kind of, all this encapsulized and the kind of one kind of big statement is know what you're getting yourself into. That's exactly right. I mean, you you are you are establishing a three-way relationship. Whether you know it or not, there is you and your car and you and the company you bought the car from. The dealer yep. itself, the company, and yep. them in your car. If it's yep. not a three-way triangle of trust, yeah, you're not going to be happy with that buying experience for the life of that car. And trust is a is like, trust is a relationship that that you 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 broker. You know, if I wouldn't have bought uh, one of the Hyundai Automotive Group products if I didn't kind of tip my toe in and kind of look and see what they was doing. And they we had, they earned my trust in my opinion. So I went and I I went out there on that limb, and I've I've done fine. I'm not telling you that Toyota. And Honda was sucky or something like that. It's like, no, I made my rational decision because I was my money. I get to do that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But and uh, and I, I've been rewarded in that process. Same time, I also made that decision that I'm not going back to that dealership to to, to deal with that maintenance department because that maintenance department it, they're trying to dag on get you. And a lot of maintenance, a bunch of maintenance departments are kind of do that. It is kind of one of the, the, the bad parts of dealing with cars is car payments, and then you having to deal with maintenance departments, selling people, selling people, uh, uh, um, oh gosh, things that they just don't need, right? Products that they don't need. Oh yeah, we need to put a detergent filter in your vehicle at ten thousand miles. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> or a HEPA uh, filter at ten thousand yeah. miles. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, I remember I got in, I got in a conversation with somebody this week, and it was like, "Well, you got to put premium in it." No, you don't. It's like, what do you mean you don't have to put premium in it? It's like, you know, cars have these things in the car computers, right? They can figure stuff out. They will figure it out. 
It may make slightly less horsepower, but it will. You're not hurting the car, yeah. and not especially not at the altitude that we live in. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just cars. Car now, if you're gonna buy a Ferrari and you're gonna put cheap gas in it, then you just got problems. But, <laughs> you right, 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 right. But at the same time, you don't have to put premium in a daggone Honda Accord because nope. why? Wow. <laughs> right, that's exactly uh, right. You know, you just you you're throwing away money at that point because you believe something that that you shouldn't. That that is just fake. That is not is false. Um, we also kind of got into a little thing about uh, you were talking. Uh, you we hit on it a little bit, and we talk, we're talking about it before the podcast began about um, cheap cars. You know, there are cars out there. That are, are made to a price. All cars are made to a price point. Almost most cars are made to a price point. That's they. That's a good uh, segue for next episode. Yeah, and so what we're gonna do in the next episode is we're gonna talk about a hey, some of these price points and some of these size things and some of these segments and cars and what's a premium dealer? What's a general? They exist for a reason. Reason. You know that is it's not always some kind of marketing gimmick. They legitimately do things, and the way that this kind of ties in to what I was talking about just now is uh, one of the things about a dealership is hey, if you got if you really don't want to if, if you don't want to deal with things like that uh, with dealerships and stuff like that, and you really got the money, I will tell you something that I considered and I and I didn't consider, consider this until later in life is I legitimately would buy a Lexus. Just because of the dealership network. Yeah, so I was going to suggest, that, I mean, this, we can kind of talk about this next week too, but this is a good point that a lot of brands have luxury brands. Mm-hmm. Volkswagen, Audi, you know, yeah. Toyota, Lexus. If you're willing to wait and look and find the right one, you can shop dealerships. Like you could buy a Toyota from a Lexus dealership. Mm-hmm. And then you can always take that Toyota back there to get the work done. You don't have to take it to the Toyota dealership. And then you get that Lexus dealer experience. And so trust me, once you deal with mind. yeah, once you deal with a Lexus dealership, and I can't say all luxury make dealerships, but I can specifically tell you from a for a fact, dealing with a Lexus dealership and how they treat their customers is almost worth the price. It. They treat yep. you really, really, really well. They <laughs> really well going in there. But also, if you buy a car from if you buy a car from a Kia dealership and you want that on the Hyundai dealership that's closer, a Honda dealership that's closer to you to, to do the oil changes because you know the people over there, you can take it over there. They'll change the oil for you. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. It, all of them, a, a lot Speaking of mechanics of, go, to, go to the same ASC certified schools. They get a lot of the same certifications. That's right. Same. That's right. Speaking of uh, places to get your vehicle worked on and serviced, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a shout out here. So we picked up a, a new listener this past week. And he's an employee at one of my customers. And this is a customer that did a lot of service work on my Audi. And this is a Volkswagen Audi performance business. They're located in Raleigh, North Carolina. They specialize in Volkswagen, Audi, BMW, Porsche, and Minis, as well as some other brands. They're called Black Forest Industries. They're known for a lot of, like, 
motor mounts, transmission mounts, catch cans, clutch kits, shifters, um, shift knobs, paddle shifters, you name it, wheels, wheel parts, spacers. Um, they make a ton of parts, accessory parts uh, for really every generation of all those brands I just mentioned. You know, they're willing to make it or look into it or work on it. And uh, super great people. So that's my little shout out to new listener Byron at Black Forest Industries. If you have a, one of those brands of vehicles and you don't already know about Black Forest Industries, go check them out. Uh, uh, yeah, Black Forest Industries. I didn't know you were going to say that. But hey, if you, one of the things that, that happens with car people is car people who talk, we'll learn things from each other. We'll pick up little things. We'll learn, hey, Black Forest Industries is the place to go to get this thing done. You know, little stuff like for that. Sure, so talk, for sure. Talk to car people. They Somebody knows something. Um, and I will end my ranting for today on this note like on this note when it comes to buying a car um i know there are a lot of new services out there new ways to buy cars that uh have are relatively for most people new to the market where uh you buy a car site where you see a whole lot of pictures and everything they go over and they look at the car and they bring the car to you and all this stuff and um but you don't really see the car and drive the car before you uh, before you do it. I'm not here to bash on one of those places because they perform a service. And if I'm looking for a specific car that's already in California and I can't find one near me, they'll bring that car to me for a, a, a price or whatever. Right, right. Um, drive the darn car. Drive it the way you drive on your roads and if it does not work, take it back. Right. That if you're not happy with what you the car you just bought, if if you didn't hear anything else that I said tonight, if you go buy a brand new whatever uh, GT Turbo Turbo GT, um, and you're driving it on your way to work. The thing that you're going to do all day, all the time in this car, and it doesn't feel right, and it don't feel good to you, and it's hitting this bump that's been there for 10 years too much, too hard and stuff, then you're not going to be happy in, in, in that car. And it makes no sense to spend, uh, statistics say that a vehicle is, is not is not the second, is the number one most expensive thing most people spend money on yeah consumers spend money on because there are a lot of people out there who don't buy houses they still rent there's no there is it makes no sense to spend a third of your income buying driving and maintaining a vehicle that you do not like so if you don't like it in the first couple weeks even if you buy from carmax or room or one of these places hey call them they'll come get it oh you have a friend. Yeah, he was whimpering because everybody else is in bed and my door was shut, so I had to let him in here with me. Uh, he was yeah. going to wake people up. Yeah, and on that test drive, if, if that test drive, you know, because you, you still do test drives, if that guy's telling you, oh, well, I want you to take this way and this way, it's like, no, 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 dude, I'm driving the car. I'm, I'm a potential buyer. This is the route I want to take. And if you're not willing to let me take that route because this is what I do all the time and this is going to uh replicate real world situations that i got to deal with 
then I don't need to buy the cigar from you. Because right. you got, I mean, you got to be happy with your purchase and they got to be able to do the thing you needed to do. And if it's not going to do that, then don't spend a third of your income trying to do it. Actually, yeah. you should be spending a third of your income anyway, but that's a whole financial thing. We're not going to talk about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Well, those were my three points. I liked your three points. I think we we had a three. lot of well, I think we had a lot of um carryover and like blending of our points into the same thing. So I enjoyed that. That was a different it was a departure episode for us to yeah. do something a little different. Yeah. And if you got some other if you got some ideas or some things that we didn't uh bring up, hey, hit us up on the email. Uh, yeah, let us hit us a message. Tell us what your most important thing to consider in buying a car is. Yeah. And if you know you hit us the email, if you get send us an email, we will talk about what you said uh, in the next episode. So if you didn't know that the email address is thebscarguys at gmail.com. That is thebscarguys at gmail.com. Spelt the exact way I just said it. We don't got no letters that with no sound, no, silent letters or nothing in it or nothing crazy. It is right, just right. The or BS. on your. A lot of times on your pipe, you're on Spotify or something, you can actually click send a message or yeah. uh, feedback. So you can just send yeah. us a message that way, and it'll it'll automatically come to our email. Yeah, or is there something that you want us to talk about or something that you want to talk about with us? Hey, I guarantee you, if you send us an email or a voice message, we're going to hear it, and we're going to be interested to talk to you about you about it. So, Absolutely, that's right. So if, hey, if you just want to get on here and let people hear your voice, you know, the the millions and millions of listeners that listen to the BS Car Guys podcast hear your voice, then hit us up on the email and you could be a guest on the BS Car Guys podcast. Thank you. Thank you mispronounced the word tens. I, I heard you say millions, but I'm pretty sure what you meant to say was the tens and tens of people. No, million. Hey, okay. we got to dream big, dream big. Dream people big, dream big. And hey, if you're listening to the BS Park Guys the BS Car Guys podcast, and you are, uh, you know, connected to an automotive manufacturer or um, a dealership, and you want us to talk about a particular car or review a particular car, let us know. We'll be glad to um, drive it and give some feedback. Yep, and we're gonna give, uh, but just be warned, we will give our honest opinion feedback. It, it, no, we don't do that 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 other thing too well. But anyway. Hey, was this good for you? I think it was good for you. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it as well. So uh, let's continue doing this. And as always, brother, I love you to death. I love you to, with, with the love of Jesus Christ. I love you too, man. That's great. All right, bro. See I'll- ya. Bye.